and welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning, and as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen to our program. Also, we appreciate you sending us questions and your comments and also the encouragements. And I would like to share with you, if you'd like a free Bible, please contact me at Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. That's Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Again, welcome to Saturday morning with Dan Brown. Here we are a day after Good Friday, a, uh, a very special we call it Good Friday. Many of us call it Good Friday. Um, there are many aspects of, of obviously that are good to humanity, but it was also a very dark day for humanity where the Son of God was executed and um, his own people rejected him. And so we find ourselves in a quandary, sometimes much like the apostles did, because Friday... For the apostles, since they didn't really, and Jesus' followers, they weren't really sure of what was taking place, although he had told them many, many times in many, many ways of what would be coming and what would take place, and also why. But in the moment of his capture, from the moment that the guard entered the garden where Jesus was, Peter attempted to you know, protect Jesus and protect themselves with a sword, Jesus, Jesus made it obvious that what many of the church leaders and many of the uh, people of that day were hoping, who were of, of Jewish lineage, was that when the Messiah came, the Messiah would be one who would wrestle back um, the greatness uh, that the Jewish people had once had. And so they sought a Messiah who would actually crush the Romans and elevate them back to a position. After all, in the Old Testament, it does talk about the restoration of Israel, that there would be a remnant saved. When we go through all the what they call the minor prophets, I don't think anybody's minor, but uh, when they go through these prophets uh, as the uh, old Israel uh, nation was taken into captivity because of its disobedience, um, they kind of shoved it aside. And all of the things that they were doing for, you know, so many years, hundreds of years of, of repeating these different sacrificial um, things for the people that were in the law, they missed what it was all about. It was a picture of someone, someone who was going to come, who would save his people. But the insight and where they looked for was immediate satisfaction in a worldly situation. Where what we have when the Messiah came was to show that he was truly the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings in a way that no other human being that was in authority uh, had ever done or attempted to do. And so, so much of what took place yesterday, those thousands of years ago, uh, was missed by those who were in authority. Uh, number one, because they felt that Jesus challenged their authority. 
And so much so that the Roman soldiers put a sign over the top of the cross where Jesus was hung that said, you know, King of the Jews. Um, but it was obvious that those people of that time rejected it. And it was encouraged by the leadership who, who were uh, so scared about losing their position uh, of elevation among society, uh, of their culture. And, um, you know, it was very sad. But there was some uh, Pharisees and uh, individuals who were of a godly heart that spoke out. And said, you know, if this is just men doing this, this new group called the way where they're pointing everything to Jesus as the savior of humanity. Um, it might have gone a little different had they listened to those few who had the actual rational voice and could see through the Old Testament that Jesus was the actual fulfillment of all that they had been waiting for. So my hope is, is that uh, as we go into the future, there will be more brothers and sisters of, of, of the Hebrew faith who will, who will come to know the Messiah as we know him. And my hope is, is that we know him in the way that we should, um, in the way that he is looking to interact and dwell within us. I think it is so, so important. And one of the things that Jesus, uh, well, actually, the apostles had wrote in the New Testament in Second Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 15, it tells us to be diligent, to present yourself approved to God, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed and rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we seek to be. And so if you can't express yourself well, on each of your beliefs, my suggestion for you is to work and study hard until you can. Really take the time to go into Bible studies to learn. And Sunday morning is not necessarily a Bible study of teaching. Many, uh, many Sunday mornings are praise and worship uh, is the larger part, although there's always a sermon. Um, but to have individual teaching with uh, um people who are filled with God's Holy Spirit, because that's where the discernment comes. It's not about just picking up the book and figuring it out. It is being educated by the Holy Spirit. That's another thing that Jesus said after the resurrection, which is coming tomorrow. He said to them, uh, and it's in Acts, that he would be sending them the comforter that would teach them all things. But we seem to seek after ind just individual people who wrote a great book. Or and I'm not saying don't read a book. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying be careful with your earned money as to what you are spending it on. Because there's a lot of people saying a lot of things. Figure out if what they're saying is valuable to you before you invest in that. And that it's not just something um, that is wrapping on a present. You want to get to the present inside. There's a lot of people that present the wrapping. But the reality is, is the wrapping that looks so beautiful with the bow on the outside isn't really the present. The present is buried under the, and you got to work to it. And you got to get and open the box. 
and see the real present. And so we need to do that with our education amongst others who are filled with the Holy Spirit and can help us discern and help us in our relationship with Christ. Because if you don't come, in other words, if you don't do this, of, of really uh, being able to express yourself, although in a, and in many tight situations, God will provide you with the word. He does tell us not to worry about when we're taken before judges to be, you know, ridiculed and charged. He'll provide us uh, with the words that will shut the mouth of those in authority who think they are so intelligent and just can, you know, us people of faith, we're, we're, we're nothing, you know, we're just kind of uh, knuckleheads who are, who would believe anything when that's not really the case. Um, so if you don't, other people might miss out on the blessings that come from knowing the truth. You want to share the gospel as best and sincerely as you can. So my, my hope for you would that you would strive to re-express the truth of God to yourself clearly. You get a clear understanding of what you're saying. And what will happen is God will use the same explanation when you share it with someone else. And I think that's important to know. One thing you must be able to do is you must be willing to go through, think of this, God's wine press, where the grapes are crushed. See, a lot of us, we don't want to hear that. Oh, oh, there's some pressure. Oh, there's some trials. Oh, there's some tribulations. But when those, when those grapes are crushed, and it's why these there's two things that are used for the wine press. There's a, a wine press of wrath, but there's the wine press that brings about this wonderful fruit, this extract that is made to something that tastes wonderful and might even have medicinal properties when used appropriately. So I want you to really be uh, aware of that because we have to struggle to express this truth, even in our own words. I find that in myself sometimes, you know, uh, when trying to express something that God has taught me, but I want it to be clear as, as I can. Um, and I know that whatever I miss, the Holy Spirit will be there to help that sincere individual understand uh, the gospel and so that it can grow because God gives us this seed. We're, we're seed bearers for sure. But the Holy Spirit is what makes the gospel grow within the, within the individual who we share it with. And so, again, the time is going to come when that very expression will become God's wine of strength. And and that's to someone else that we're sharing it with. And uh, But if you're not diligent and you say, oh, I'm not going to study and struggle to express the truth, you know, I'll just say whatever I want to say, I'll just borrow my words from someone else, then the words really won't be a value of you to you sometimes and maybe not to others. Although a God-seeking person, God is always going to make sure um, when their heart is motivated to understand him, um, that prayer is going to be answered. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. 
So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. And welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome to our Saturday morning program, the second segment of the day on this fine Saturday morning, the day after Good Friday. And um, if you're just tuning in now, we were we were discussing a little bit earlier you know, some of the meanings of Good Friday and some of the things that took place. Because to the apostles and Jesus followers, it wasn't all that good of a Friday for them because they thought all was lost. They had not remembered, they had not brought into mind at that point of all of Jesus's sayings. They didn't have clarity. And so they went and pretty much just went and hid. Um, So it, it was a very tough Friday for them because they thought that all that they were waiting for and all that was going to take place all had been lost because Jesus died by the Roman hands on the cross. Now, one of the things that we're talking about here, as we were talking to, about in the first segment, being approved to God about expressing our beliefs diligently and uh, carefully and learning uh, what we need to know so that um it can become a very strong word. It become a very powerful word, and um, that that we're just not being parrots. That it is, it is uh, taken root within our hearts and in our soul, where the Holy Spirit dwells. And so God is being able to use us as seed planters. And when we receive questions, that we'll be able to answer them um, diligently and passionately and compassionately. Um, it is not about pointing out everybody's sins around you. It is not about that. It is about sharing God's love and how much God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that on that Friday, when his life ended, humanity could be reunited with the God of all creation. And Jesus would be our mediator. Oh, he would be our healer. And as it says in the scripture, that we are healed by his stripes. What he went through was for the healing of humanity who has been off track for so long. Now, I think a very interesting scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 18, it tells us to take up the whole armor of God. And I'm paraphrasing some, of, paraphrasing some of it a little bit. In 18, it says, you know, praying always. Take your time to look up some of these scriptures and read them for yourself so you can see the full depth of what, of what is there. Because in one hour, um, I can't really give you everything that I, I would like to. And um, so 
my job and, and what I hope to do is, is at least whet your appetite so that you might continue in your studies, getting into a solid biblical believing church, surrounding yourself in fellowship with those of a like mind who put to practice what we say we believe. And that's so important. And so we wrestle. We wrestle with all these things. Um, and we must learn to wrestle against the things that hinder our communication with God. And the wrestle in prayer is very, very, um, it's, it's very, very important that we do that. Um, we want to overcome. We want to ask God in prayer to provide us with the strength to go past those distractions. For the things that are set up, worldly things that constantly are put in our way, whether we do them or they're set up in some other way, that they just become this distraction, this speed bump, per se, in our walk of faith. And so when you go over a speed bump too fast, you know, it can do damage to your uh, vehicle. So speed bumps aren't always bad, and God uses these speed bumps for educational purposes. Think about that. So when you hit a speed bump in your walk of faith, take the time, take the time to wrestle and in prayer with whatever hinders your communication with God. I mean, if you ever do wrestle with God, you, you'll be crippled for the rest of your life. And we have an example of, uh, and it's not even wrestling with God, what Jacob did back in the Old Testament in Genesis, uh, he wrestled with an angel. And um, we see in that uh, body of text that the, there wasn't a lot of effort extended on the messenger of God's part. But Jacob was wrestling like there was no tomorrow. And just when he thought, you know, man, I'm going to be able to I'm holding on to this guy. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, he said. And then. And then what did that angel do? That messenger touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and it became out of joint. And Jacob was in extreme pain. And these are examples for you and I to look at. So, yeah, we start, we start saying we're people of faith. We believe in Jesus. We accept the sacrifice. And so we're wrestling. But then when we hit this pain, do we immediately let go or do we hold on tighter and ask God for the strength not to let go. That's what God seeks from us in our walk. Now, like I say, if you if you ever did wrestle with God, we'd be crippled. Uh, if you grab hold of God and wrestle with him, as I had just said, as Jacob did, simply because he's working in a way that doesn't meet your approval, aha, um, you force him to put your joint out of whack. And that's in Genesis 32, verses 24 and 25. So what is the purpose of your wrestling with God? See, we get a little more in-depth understanding here. But Jacob knew that that wrestling with God or that messenger of God was the most important thing that he could do. And his reasoning for wrestling was so that he could become closer to God. And that a blessing from God was the most important thing to him in his entire life. 
And so that's who we're supposed to be. We are children of Jacob. We are children of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Make no mistake of that. Um, we are. And so we become children of Abraham, not necessarily through the physical seed, although there are many who are, but because of faith. And it was by faith that that Jacob was saved. It was by faith that Abraham was saved. And it was by faith that Isaac was saved. And so that's an important lesson to understand about these things. So don't become a cripple by wrestling with the ways of God. Be someone who wrestles before God um, with the things of the world. It's not that we're not trying to wrestle with God, but we're trying to wrestle with the things of the world that prevent us from having that intimate relation that interrupts our communication and it interrupts our prayer life with God, the intimacy that God seeks to have with us. Because I want you to understand the scripture also says that the ways with God, you know, don't wrestle with those ways of God, but wrestle with the things of the world. Because in Romans 8.37, it says this, we are more than conquerors through him. So important. That's Romans 8.37. So wrestling before God makes an impact on the kingdom that we wish to be part of and, and be in. And so if you ask me to pray for you, um, I'm not complete in Christ my prayer accomplishes nothing if I'm not complete. You see, if I'm not complete, then what is my prayer doing? We need to make sure that we are complete in Christ when we pray for others. But if I am complete in Christ, my prayer brings victory all the time. So prayer is effective only when there is completeness. And so we go back up to that scripture that we've talked about before, which says, take up the whole armor of God. He describes this armor that we are provided with through our relationship with him. That is armor that can protect us against anything from the world. If we take up that armor, if we have that intimate relationship. So always make the distinction between God's perfect will and his permissive will. There is a difference. Which uh, The permissive will, which he uses to accomplish his divine purpose in our lives. God's perfect will is unchangeable. And it's with his permissive will or the various things that he allows into our lives that we must wrestle before him with. Think about that. You, there is God's perfect will and there is his permissive will that allows us to learn. And it's our reaction to these things allowed by his permissive will that enables us to come to the point of seeing his perfect will for us. His permissive will leads us to be able to see his perfect will. And in Romans 28, 8.28, it says this, We know that all things work together 
for the good to those who love God and to those who remain true to God's perfect will, his calling in Jesus Christ. God's permissive will is the testing he uses to reveal his true sons and daughters. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. I'm Karen McHugh. Two conflicting nationwide court orders have put the abortion pill Mifepristone in limbo. Attorney General Merrick Garland's DOJ will appeal a decision by a federal judge in Texas that put a hold on the FDA's approval of an abortion drug. The judge says the pill was improperly approved more than 20 years ago. The order goes into effect next week. Meantime, in a separate ruling, a Washington state federal judge ordered the FDA to continue to distribute the abortion pill, which may set the stage for a future. Supreme Court showdown. Fox's Trace Gallagher. The March jobs report was released Friday. Job growth slowed, which is what the Federal Reserve wants to see, but there are other signs like a low unemployment rate and rising wages, which means the Fed is likely to continue to increase interest rates come May. Fox Business Network's Lydia Hu, 236,000 jobs were added in March. America is listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey today. We'll have clouds around breaking for some sunshine. A pleasant start to the weekend with a high today 52. Partly cloudy skies tonight. We're going down to 32. Lots of sunshine for us tomorrow. It's the best of the weekend with a high 58. Then taking a look at the week ahead Monday, plenty of sunshine milder. We're going up to 66. I'm AccuWeather forecaster Rose Tamburino on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you again for tuning in this morning, this Saturday after Good Friday. We all hope and our trust and our faith relies on thousands of years ago where Jesus gave his life for us yesterday. And today we pondered all those years ago. Our fellow men and women pondered those who have faith, who had seen Jesus walk, who had been the recipient of his miracles and his words. Pondered today what will happen to us. Where will we go? But tomorrow, my friends, tomorrow the light of the day gets that much brighter. The darkness and the clouds of Friday's crucifixion are gone. And the blessings of eternal life are opened to all all humanity tomorrow. So I look forward to to tomorrow. And I want to suggest that tomorrow, Sunday, Easter Sunday, please go to your Bible-believing church. Celebrate with your brothers and sisters the resurrection of the Son of God who brought us life. Again, thank you for tuning in to our third segment of today, 
Saturday morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you'd like a free Bible, please contact me. It's Saturday morning, Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. That's Saturday morning, Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. Send me your name and your address. I won't use it for anything other than to send you that Bible. That is my promise and commitment to you. God bless you all. And we're going to continue with today's program about being diligent, being diligent. And so where we left off in the other segment, uh, we're talking about all of these important issues of coming to know God and how to present the gospel and the Holy Spirit being sent to us when Jesus was taken into the heavens after the resurrection. Who would teach us all things? And so we talk about redemption and we talk about understanding. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 has this to say. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. So... What are we trying to do when we come to God? We are, we are opening up our spiritual self because the flesh wars against the spirit. It says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so the gospel of God creates a sense of need for the gospel in us. Once we hear it, we see what we lack. It becomes obvious where we have a natural man and a man of flesh where our bodies wants to resist what God wants to give us, which is all good and the best things for us. But the natural man, the ways of the flesh and sin want to pull us down to the pit and keep us stuck in lust and greed and grabbing for power, loveless. No, we want to be compassionate, caring, filled with God's grace that he has given us and share it with others. And so is the gospel hidden to those who are servants already? There's a question. No, because the Apostle Paul said, even if our gospel is veiled, even if it is veiled, because apparently some people were saying, oh, we're not even seeing the gospel back then, but that's not true. It is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded and who do not believe. It is their disbelief that pushes them from the light. It is their not wanting to rectify and remove the sin by embracing the gospel that separates them. God doesn't have to separate anyone. We push ourselves away. When there's condemnation that comes, we're doing it to ourselves. And the majority of people think of themselves as being completely moral. And they have no sense or, or don't believe that they need the gospel. So you have to understand it's God who creates this sense of need in a human being. But that person remains totally unaware of his need until God makes himself evident. That's why we share the gospel. The way it was shared with us, we need to continue to share. 
And it says, and this gospel will be preached unto all the ends of the earth, to everyone. And then, and only then, the end will come. But the end of what? So many people struggle. Oh my gosh, the end is coming. The end is coming for lying, for cheating, for robbery, for murder, for rape, for people being enslaved to other people. That is what is coming to an end. And the final, the final thing to be conquered when we come to God is death. Is death. But the world and its ways resists and wants to convince you to resist God, to resist the Holy Spirit, to resist his grace and love. Resist it. Why does he want to resist it? Because it wants you to be dragged down in a way. Gone. Gone forever. And not to experience the blessings that God has in store for all those who love him. So important. And it's God, again, who creates this sense of need in us. Keep that in mind. Matthew 7, 7. And I share this scripture a lot with you. Ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Ask. If you ask God with a pure and open heart, he is going to give you and share the gospel with you. That is his promise. Because the Bible says God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He doesn't want to see anybody perish. But when people perish, it's because they push God away. And we are promised a kingdom. We are promised a future of no more violence, no more sex trafficking, no more abuse of children. Think deeply on these things of which world you want to place your heart in. And I can tell you, if you're a parent who has experienced having a child, you do not want to see any harm come to them. And even if you're not a parent, you have a parent. You've loved a parent. Would you want to see any harm to them? I don't think so. But God cannot give until man asks. See, here's the caveat. God doesn't force his will upon us. He makes us, like he says, we're created in the image of God. And that image that we always forget about, we struggle to make it look facial inspections, gray hair, beard, the whole nine yards. How are we like God? We can make a choice to do good or to do evil. And God seeks those who make the choice to do good. So it is your choice to be embraced by God, your choice. And if you're not embraced right now, if you're not holding on to the cloak of Jesus, and that's all it takes that woman in the crowd only grabbed the hem of his robe and she was healed. It doesn't matter where we hold on to him, even if it's a sandal. Hold on and don't let go. 
reach out and ask God to fill you with all of his joy. Fill you with the strength when we are weak. And fill us with his love when we feel nothing. And when you do, you yourself will become a fountain of living waters. And within you and your words, as the Holy Spirit flows within us, will refresh others. That's what we seek. And I hope if there's anyone today listening now on this Saturday morning at this early hour, I pray that you'll take time to ask God sincerely. If you don't know, or you're in confusion, or you have doubts, or you flip-flop, or someone says, oh, you're backsliding. Most of the time when those kinds of things happen to us, it's, it's that we're not seeking God's strength. We try to take a little break from praying and asking God for guidance. We go, I got this one, God. I, I, I got this one. You know, I, I can handle this. And the reality is, is we need to be in complete submission to our Savior. Complete submission. And when we do, he'll provide what he promises. And so that's my goal. My goal is to share with you what God has shared with me. And it is wonderful. It's almost indescribable in human terms. Through our asking, me and you, asking God sincerely, God puts his process into motion. And he creating, he's creating something in us that was non-existent until we asked. Pray. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of this fine Saturday morning after Good Friday. And I truly appreciate you joining in this morning. If you have any questions about the program or maybe something you'd like to hear me talk about in the future, please contact me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. That's Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. Also, if you would like a free Bible, I will mail you one free of charge. Please just uh, Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. Send me your name and your address, and I will mail you that Bible. No obligation. My only prayer would be that you would wear out the pages. And welcome back to today's program about being diligent. It's a quite interesting um, what we need to do and who we need to be and how God works. You know, so many uh, uh, people put one foot into the realm of the faithful walk and expect God to somehow deliver when they're just dipping their toe in the pool to test. Well, let me let me test God. 
You don't test God. You commit and he delivers. Pretty much as simple as that. You commit, you submit, and he delivers. Think about that as you go through your prayers and when you're reaching out to God and asking him for direction. I mean, my prayer, my prayer life consists of, uh, I do individually, you know, pray for people who are sickly and who have issues and enemies that want to do me harm. I, I pray that uh, God's will will be done in their life. He asks us to pray for our enemies and do good to those that hate you. Uh, that's quite something, isn't it? Um, and so I try to follow that as best as I can. And I, uh, I ask God for the strengths when I run into roadblocks or speed bumps that prevent me from doing that which I know I should do. And so I seek God. And for those things that are beyond uh, me, I seek God in his wisdom, his strength, and his understanding. Now, we left off, you know, with talking about uh, how we would really be established uh, in redemption and in salvation. And again, it's you have to understand, uh, we left off in Matthew 7, 7, I believe, where ask and it will be given to you. And so we were talking about understanding that God does not give and cannot give until we ask. And it's not that he wants to withhold something from us. It's not that at all. But that his plan that he's established for us for the way of redemption. So through asking, God puts his process into motion and creating something in us that was non-existent uh, until we asked. And so the inner reality of redemption is that it creates all the time. And the redemption creates the life of God within us. Remember, we stop living and Christ lives within us. Remember that? Remember those scriptures? It also creates the things that go along and belong to that walk of faith, to that life. And so the only thing that can possibly satisfy the need which is created is redemption. And so redemption creates and it satisfies. Yeah, we have satisfaction in God, in his redemption and in our salvation. There is satisfaction, there is joy, grace, compassion, and most of all, wrapped in the most ultimate love of all. And Jesus said this, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. That's in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 32. And if I, if, if I am lifted up from this earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Jesus kept telling the apostles, kept sharing with them what was going to take place and things that were going to happen. But in the end, what happened yesterday, those thousands of years ago, when Jesus hung on the cross, though they witnessed his execution and death, which he said to him was coming, they failed to realize the resurrection. 
They failed to realize the fulfillment or the death wasn't the complete fulfillment. It was the beginning of the process. Jesus giving himself on our behalf to accomplish his father's will. That is so, so important. So when we preach about our own experiences, you know, people might be interested. You know, they may be. But it awakens no real sense of need, our own experiences. But once Jesus has lifted up, the Spirit of God creates an awareness of the need for him. And that's why it's okay to share our experiences and how God brought us about and how God opened our hearts and expanded uh, our vision to see appropriately in real reality. That's very, very important. So the creative power of redemption of God works in the souls of men only through the preaching of the gospel. It's never the sharing of personal experiences that share people. I'm not saying you can't do that, but if that's the only thing that you do, you're, you're not completing the task that God's given to you. The creative power of redemption of God works in the souls of men through the preaching of the gospel. Think about it. And here's what he says in John 6, 63. The words that I speak to you are the spirit and they are life. Those are Jesus's words to us, which is very, very important. Now, in relationship to being faithful to the gospel, it's only a faithful person who truly believes that God sovereignly controls our circumstances. Hmm. Then I'm not quite sure I grasp that. It is only a faithful person who truly believes that God's sovereignty controls his circumstances. And I do talk about that a lot. Replacing our will with God's will. Submitting, surrendering everything, who and what we are, so that our life is replaced with Christ's life. And the Holy Spirit dwells within us the way that God has fully intended it to be from the moment of creation. Sometimes we take our circumstances for granted. You got to admit, we, we get into some same old thing, same old, same old, and we take our circumstances for granted and we'll often catch ourselves saying, God is in control. The question is, are we really believing that God's in control? So we act as if things happen, we're completely controlled by people. The two don't go together. If you're saying that you believe that God is in control, then why do we act as though people are really in control? To be faithful in every circumstance means that we only have one loyalty. One loyalty, one object of our faith, and that is the Lord Jesus 
Christ. Him as an individual, him as the mediator between God and him, him as the risen Messiah, him as the high priest who brings healing to the nation, him, 100%. God may cause our circumstances to suddenly fall apart. And it may bring a realization of our unfaithfulness to him for not recognizing that God ordained that situation. See, we hit that speed bump, and it can drive us to him, or it can prevent us from getting to him. We never saw what he was trying to accomplish. And that exact event, more than likely, will be never repeated in our life, which is sad. If we just learn to worship God, even during the most difficult circumstances, think about that. We only worship God when we're getting what we want. We only worship God when things are going our way. No, 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 no. We worship God in every situation, good or bad, difficult or smooth sailing. And what we'll find when we come through those difficult you know, situations, whether we call it a trial or a tribulation that we might experience, he will change them for the better very quickly if he so chooses. But everything is for our instruction and our learn. Think about that. Being faithful to Jesus Christ is the most difficult thing we can try to do today. It's difficult for many, many people. Many Christians become very impatient when we talk about faithfulness to Jesus. And our Lord is dethroned. That's what happens. The goal of faithfulness is not that we work to do work for God, but that he will be free to do work through us. God has called us to his service and places tremendous responsibilities on us. He expects no complaining on our part and offers no explanation on his part. He wants us. He wants to use us and bring us through the fire to be refined as the precious, precious elements he knows we are when we work in faithfulness. Thank you for joining Saturday morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio. God bless you all. Go to your Bible-believing church tomorrow and celebrate with your brothers and sisters. Jesus has ridden. God bless you.